0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle Cast, welcome back to the Bizzles Commentaries for Hawkeye on Disney+, Plus. brought to you by the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Marvel Studios. This is the first episode where it becomes really Hawkeye in terms of just tons of great bow and arrow action, but we meet Maya, aka Future Echo, um, and, uh, this is a cool, important character, uh, well, going to be a cool, important character here, and going, uh, forward into, uh, future, um, uh, Marvel NYC, as I call it, or Defenders 2.0. Um, uh, this is where, uh, Hawkeye realizes how truly spectacular Kate Bishop is indeed, um, and, uh, a lot of other, um, stuff, uh, and leading into very, very heavy character work in episode four and five, in the introduction, spoiler alert, uh, at uh, the end of episode 4 and some amazing scenes in episode 5 of Yelena uh, Romanoff, a.k.a. sister of the late um, Natasha Romanoff, who's been somewhat hard to believe uh, told by Julia Louis-Dreyfus that is responsible for killing his best friend and her sister. Um, but again, sold great through the performance of, of the actors uh, and what we saw in Black Widow and so forth. So um going to leave my commentary for the commentary. This is when you queue up your uh, Disney Plus to zero hours, zero minutes, zero seconds. I'm going to count three to two to one. say go. At that point, you hit play. I'm going to give a 10 count uh, to make sure we are aligned um, and have some subtitles on, maybe a little ambient sound. I lead that to you. We're going to have a blast with this one. Um, uh, I have the house to myself this weekend, it's Saturday evening, and so I'm going to try and bang out episodes 3, 4, and 5, so that when episode 6, the finale next week, where we got the Kingpin baby, more spoilers, he's back, Vincent D'Onofrio, we kind of knew what was happening, uh, but man, it's so great to have Kingpin and Daredevil, um, hopefully Jessica Jones back in Defenders 2.0, Marvel NYC, so... Queue up your podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. Queue up your Disney Plus um uh file um to zero 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 and we are going to have a blast with the next few uh Hawkeye episodes uh, where um Renner and Seinfeld keep bringing out the best of each other uh but also the side characters. Um, Uh, as well, Um, and Haley continues being both excellent on the dramatic and comedic front, and Renner continues to do the subtle stuff where you think for a while he's sleepwalking, and then he just does such an emotional scene here, a comedic scene there, um, and shows just, uh, you know, that he does subtle brilliance, in my opinion, with acting, unlike anyone else. Okay, shut up, Bizzle. Alright, folks, last chance if you need a water or bathroom or anything before the countdown, season one, episode three, Echoes, where we meet the future Echo Maya with a really affecting opening scene and lots of fun um, throughout Uh, and so hope you are ready because here comes the countdown three two one and go one two three four here's a recap five six seven eight nine ten all right hopefully I'm synced here Right, so later Renner acts uh, like he doesn't know sign language. He's signing with his son. It's unclear why. I think it's because he's going to go deaf eventually, and so he's learning sign language. All right, here's the great fight. I was, of course, way wrong. Oh, no, I was right that the uh, it seemed way too obvious that Jack would be the villain, because it was just way too obvious. I didn't think her mom would be the one, um, but I did... <laughs> Look at him He he wants to be surprised That she would fall through the ceiling and try and save him But she can't possibly be But she's such a badass A badass! Alright here we go The opening title credits So good I think I'm synced There's Ant-Man Thor Odinson Cap You might be one or two seconds off, uh, but no biggie. And there we see, somewhere in the R or the V, I think we see the Hawkeyes. All right, hopefully this isn't too loud in my ear holes so that you can hear it. Watching on the big screen with subtitles quietly and then on my Mac uh, for the sound. So this is one of those, we knew she was going to be introduced, and they do the whole origin story in like two minutes, but because of this young girl's performance and her dad, who's a great character actor who I think is Native American, um, who's just so affecting with the music and the relationship that you buy immediately and that he was killed. Um, Now, he appears to be killed by the Ronin. He must have been involved in some shady dealings. We know that they're low on money. Um, as you'd expect with a single dad trying to take care of a deaf girl in this fucking country where we don't support the people who need the most support. Um, uh, That being said, um, uh, I, I have heard that, just like Elena has been being set up, uh, by Julia louis Dreyfus's Val character, who we need to learn more about, um, tricked into thinking uh, Hawkeye was the one who killed Natasha. Um, I believe the kingpin was the one who uh, f- sort of frames Ronan to be the killer of this uh, young girl's dad because he sees potential in her being a great fighter and being able to work for him. We've seen this a million times before uh, with, with um, uh, D'Onofrio as uh, Wilson Fisk. I should mention, personality, wise as D'Onofrio is going to be just like the Kingpin uh, from the Defenders shows uh, but for plot reasons where he's been arrested twice um, it was really more interesting in the first season where he wasn't a celebrity and we didn't know who he was so it's going to be a minor rewind um, where he's running a lot in the city people who are in the know sort of know who he is just call him the big guy Um, this is great this is so tender and sweet between these two um uh, but we, we you know we're not going to get the Wilson Fisk that it becomes notorious multiple times goes to jail multiple times um uh, and i think that was a great move um a minor reverse retcon so to speak um and certainly one uh, even with another retcon they probably are going to be able to explain with the snap 5 years going by where it seems fisk is probably in the city uh post snap when there's a lot fewer people and things are much more chaotic um, and, uh, I, I, and so it's possible they won't actually have to retcon a ton. He rebuilds his power base and a lot of people who are involved, you know, um, other than Murdoch, uh, with his various machinations and trying to constantly, you know, throw him back into jail or so forth. Um, but it's still going to be the Vincent D'Onofrio fisk, uh, that we know and love probably going to get a little bit of him maybe a good amount of him in the final Hawkeye episode after just the tease at the very end of episode five. Okay, let's jump back to this. We'll have time for Kingpin later. Right. He talks about how they wanted to send her to a deaf school. He can't afford it. He's sad about it. Um, but he's put, he's phrased framing it in a good way, actually that she's, it's going to be a hard lesson. Um, being a deaf, uh, girl, um, and then woman among quote-unquote normies, <laughs> uh, but it will make her stronger in the end. Here we see she learns how to defend herself and is a natural fighter from the beginning. The karate scene, it's great. This is sort of the PG version of, of, uh, of Creed, you know, at the beginning of Creed, young Adonis is in juvie and is small and beating the shit out of big kids trying to bully him. But it's very affecting. Oh, he's so sweet. Um, I wonder if we ever find out why he's killed. Um, Because you know, as bad as the Ronin was, uh, the Hawkeye Ronin was, although now we have to question how often the Hawkeye, uh, Haw- that, let's put it this way, now we have to question whether all the things attributed to Barton during the Ronin phase were actually Barton during the Ronin phase, or other people using the Ronin costume, as we've seen in Daredevil, and the Arrow, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a comic book trope, you just put on the outfit, um, of the good guys as a bad guy, and, uh, you know cause havoc um so his, her dad must have been involved in some shady dealings to sell um that uh whoop, he goes right down a little jujitsu action there uh, uh to sell that he would have it doesn't make her any less mad a- and she is such a tough um pugnacious oh and she's got a fucked up foot on top of everything which i never never noticed before jesus christ is she a badass um uh You know, if we learn more about her dad, it doesn't really matter. You know, he probably, you know, the way the Kingpin um, manipulates uh, and gains power is not by uh, taking advantage of other criminals, but taking advantage of people who are desperate, um, either who don't have insurance and money and and using that as, you know, uh, a bribe or blackmail or taking away their insurance, labor law stuff, et cetera, blah, 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 and then saying, you know, protection money type thing, but on a bigger scale. So it's possible that he wanted Maya, he had heard this woman could fight, here's Ronan killing everyone, she witnesses it. Um, I, again, I think we're going to find out that this is not Renner, just like when we see um, at the end of episode five, the Ronan with the sword stuff take on her people is not um, uh, Clint Barton. Um, and, and that Fisk w- w- was behind all of this, just like with Dex, <laughs> who turned out to be a bad, psychotic, uh, you know, t- so bad and so psychotic that even Wilson Fisk couldn't control Dex uh, in the end. Um, uh, but here, uh, killing the dad is enough to make <laughs> him her uncle, uh, uh, figuratively speaking, I believe, uh, as they refer to him so sad, the music's dramatic, but the performances are so believably sweet and dramatic, and they don't last long, that, you know, uh, just seven and a half minutes in, I thought this was uh, the shorter, Uh, not because it's bad, but because it's good, it really rolls, Uh, in an episode that's only about a half hour long, even with all the action, that they spend so much time setting this up, but again, Marvel is so good at this, um, at doing, for the most part, uh, especially after it was a little forced in Avengers Age of Ultron, as we all have commented on, with the setup of Thor and so forth, and the Infinity Stones, Um, uh, they've really gotten good at, uh, oh my god, this is great, tied up to the ponies and forced to ride them. Look at Haley. Oh man. Okay, riding the pony. Smell boy. Oh man. Uh-oh-oh. You'd be lost without me. Right. He was about to clear her name. She keeps putting herself in front of it, thinking she's saving him, but he's now trying to save her as well as clearing his name. He's not lying about that, and he's not trying to lie to keep the secret from her. I mean, that's part of it. Although, when they do bond uh, with the sort of pre-Christmas celebration, and he tells her about Natasha... um, god she's so good also i mean it's just interesting because not only is she killing it on arcane as one of the main voices like the most highest rated and loved anime show in a very very long time on netflix uh but obviously the third and final season of dickinson is uh um uh, 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 finishing up and <laughs> there's heavy heavy hot and uh sex lesbian sex action with her uh and ella hunt's character um uh. <laughs> right this is great he's he's conf- confining his wife problems into her this guy's great you know they humanize almost all of these uh, jumpsuit thugs see a little trust a little communicating a little listening this is <laughs> basic human stuff right right it's not enough to be with her hero, but she's trying to turn him back into a hu- person who can be, you know, humanized and act like a human being with, with anybody else other than his family. Um, and, you know, as we continue to see, any doubts that she has about him being a good guy are dispelled with, as she witnesses um, various phone calls to his family and, and, and the clear devotion and so forth. Here's Freyfi or whatever his name is, the Irish guy who you would never know who's great-looking and a great actor as Maya's number two, and I think lover, or at least want to be lover. And, of course, you know, they're convinced at this point that Kate Bishop somehow is still the Ronin. Uh, I I believe Kate Bishop and her mom uh, were not Ashified and were in the five-year period. I think he's pretending not to understand... understand. Right, because we just saw him signing with his son... Uh, this is really subtle. I didn't notice this until a second viewing, uh, that signing with his son in preparation of his future deafness and partial deafness now, (laughs) he keeps getting out of the bracelet, but not running away, just to shove it in their face. Uh, He's pretending not to know sign language well so that he can understand her, but they don't think that she's understanding. Right. (laughs) Right, you rely too much on technology. My go-to weapons are two sticks and a string. Oh, the hearing aid, right. The, she's repeating the message of her father about challenging themselves. Challenging themselves as deaf folks or near-deaf folks. Yeah, and, you know, as the, as the leader in as number two is enough reason for him to learn sign language, but it's so clear that he's in love with her um, and there's a great scene where he forces her to like open up her feelings for like two seconds in an episode or two. She's so hardened. Um, and she's hard around him. Uh, so I-, I like how it's ambiguous uh, whether they're actually romantic or whether he's in love, doesn't try and really hide it, but she's so damaged and hardened. All right. Black Widow. And this is what's great. And this is why they're going to be able to turn Echo into a good guy pretty quickly, is she gets caught up in the Yelena thing, which is at a much higher level, obviously, involving Natasha and the Avengers in the Black Widow program, you know, than this thug stuff in NYC. And Maya's smart enough to know how much more dangerous Yelena is just from the fight on the rooftops we get in episode four. Um, uh, And, uh, you know... Of course, the big thing will be the reveal that neither of these two are the Ronin that killed the dad um, that she, at some level, must already be suspecting. Kazi, we'll see, is really trying to avoid murdering them as an, uh, uh, increasingly as these episodes go. Even here, he's not convinced that it's one of these two. He's not convinced because she's a little girl uh, in their minds or would have been a little girl while it was going on. And he's an Avenger, so it doesn't make sense in either case. This is great. This is. I saw someone do a, a GIF uh, uh, juxtaposing his, if you go out there and you fight to kill, you're an Avenger to Elizabeth Olsen in Ultron in the pump-up speech here. This is great. So she, you know, again, he, 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 this is the third time he freed himself, at least from the Bonds. Uh, she can't do it. Another skill that, you know, it, it's great that even if she is a better... Okay, first of all, he's so beaten up after all these years, and it's like, you know, going into his late 40s, that she might just be better than him at the bow because of her age and youth. Um, and he admits it very briefly after the big fight later that she is the best he's ever seen. Um, but the fact that he's so much more street smart and can do things like, you know, uh, clock... Uh, situations and environments very quickly uh escape uh you know uh, uh, almost sleight of hand magician wise this is awesome you know the uh, just like with kate uh the um stunt double does just enough and is a perfect uh, double um that you really can't tell renner is not a young man but um uh, they really hold on these fighting shots as much as possible. Yeah. That's always a classic ScarJo does that like, Try double kick to the balls. Um, by the way, I want to mention now, because it's about to happen very quickly that when they first get in the car and start getting chased on the highway, they do what Alfonso Cuaron, you know, in children of men among it just being a brilliant movie, right? She smashes the thing, smashes the earpiece, um, the hearing aid, uh, but they do a circling shot that lasts at least 30 seconds, if not a minute, of a single shot inside the, the, um, the car. And there's two very long single shots where the camera doesn't switch in Children of Men, where Alfonso Cuarón really uh, perfected um, long, violent action scenes um Uh, with single shots the first one is um when uh julianne moore is murdered uh, as they try and protect the pregnant girl and children of men and the entire action scene including like opening the door knocking the guy off the motorcycle julianne moore getting shot through the head the whole thing is like a four minute action scene here he goes freeing he's gonna free kate with an arrow this is awesome yes classic hawkeye and it's it's framed just like when he jumps off the roof that she sees um, in the Battle of New York after he saves her with the arrow, a perfect shot. Um, and uh, here she goes grappling. She can fight. That's awesome. Of course, they're going to underestimate her um, and that helps, but she is a very good hand to hand fighter this is great um but you know it's little things she's obsessed with trick arrows because of course your hero and he's an archer but he's known to have tons of trick arrows that do all sorts of stuff and she's just having fun in the car scene coming up oh just to finish that last thought they it, it, it's clearly a, a tribute or just using the technology and methodology of quad that he set up with the the spinning inside the car um action long shot up oh, there's the backwards no look shot at another tribute to ultron where he or i'm sorry the original avengers where he like never Looks. This is great. And they get Haley to actually do this to swing around the pillar. Uh, slow motion. Awesome. Not enough slow motion. Uh, one thing they do great in at least the first Wonder Woman is slow mo. It works particularly great with beautiful heroines uh, doing action stuff. Gal Gadot and, of course, here Haley Steinfeld. That girl still has my bow. So she gets to use his bow and his trick arrows. Oh, but by the way, the, okay, so the fact that he saves her with his second-to-last arrow in the Battle of New York and then repurposes his last arrow to do the jumping off the roof just to not die, hopefully, and she sees it would be another reason that all these years she imagines about the trick arrows and it, what it could do. She immediately says, I can't drive. She probably could figure it out, but she wants to be the one with the bow. You drive, I shoot. <laughs> yeah right yeah no i can't drive also the fact that they start driving backwards uh, to, to help with her shooting is great although here it is it starts right here okay let's see if we can count this so we're at about 1720 when this starts and watch there's a camera inside the car it's spinning around we see them up front what did I say, 1720? All right, we're 15 seconds in, still spinning. Now, the Cuadón 1, being a big-budget movie, they're able to do this uh, for a very long time. Uh, but for uh, you know a relatively, um, well, not low-budget, but compared to a, a, a big, giant film like Children of Men, here, they're still spinning the camera inside the car. We're at 1753. We're going to hit f- at least 40 seconds, spinning still, spinning, spinning, spinning. This is totally Children of Men, inside the car with the, 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 the really horrifying sudden death of Julianne Moore and the betrayal by her own people. Okay, we're now at 1811. We're about to hit a full minute of spinning and not moving the camera handheld. Oh, you just saw the camera operator there. You, uh, I think. And so here she is leaning out the window and now she's firing lefty. So on top of everything else, Uh, Kate, unlike uh, uh, Clint Barton, who's very much a lefty, um, she seems to be ambidextrous and looks perfect on both sides with her form. I commented just during the filming last year about, you know, Jennifer Lawrence looks cool shooting a bow in Hunger Games, whatever you think of the movies. Haley looks better and has better form. And the fact that she's able to seemingly shoot just as excellently uh, ambidextrously is another thing. Now we're communicating, right? Yeah. He makes a comment earlier about, uh, you definitely can't use these. And she's like, don't say definitely that way. You know, she doesn't get easily insulted by really anyone except her hero. Here she is still shooting lefty, I think. Unclear. Oh, nice. Holy. Is this where she goes? Holy shit. And they write, they cut it for, for effect. And you think it's like family friendly. I think she actually does say shit coming up in this episode of the next. Four arrows more dangerous than that one. She's like, give me the other one. Give me the other four. it's oh, great. It's great. This is a really hard scene to shoot. One of the many reasons they decided to do six, um, only six. Okay. I know some of these uh, for a fact. And some of these I know just from knowing the film and TV making process of things like Marvel and Star Wars, which is the reason they, quote unquote, did only six episodes of this show was... First of all, to have scenes like this, which are very expensive movie-level scenes, it's like with the Cassian Andor uh, Rogue One prequel, which we're very excited about, uh, is going to be, you know, as epic and high-budget as Rogue One, and so there'll be no more than six, seven, or eight. Um, uh, this is great. Pulls all the trees. Merry Christmas. Th- do I miss the part where she says Merry Christmas? And then, sorry, Santa. What the hell is that one called? Sorry, Santa. Yeah. <laughs> The Christmas theme just keeps working. Uh, the other reason they only did six episodes was because New York is very hard to shoot in and very expensive. Um, and uh, COVID was, you know, in full effect as still being a huge problem. Um, you, you know, it, it, they have a bunch of people in the same room, actors and, you know, filmmakers. I mean, the people behind the cameras were wearing masks. Um, so you combine the expensiveness of the action, the expense of doing it in New York, um, and then of course COVID, but also because Haley has spent so much time. I mean, they released two full seasons of Dickinson in less than a year, essentially. Plus all her voice work and her music stuff, her modeling, everything else. They wanted to be able to get Haley fully for six episodes, um, and knowing that they, we'd have plenty of Haley as Kate Bishop in the future. Oh, there's her, there's her bow, her her old school Legolas elf elven bow. Does she get it? Yep, she does. Yeah, almost gets shot. Oh, here she goes. Is she... nice the gas the purple gas everything's purple uh you know they tease the costume with the h that she draws from the comics we always have to have the at least it's like spider-man with the under with his introduction at the beginning of civil war um with robert downey jr uh and uh you know they're not gonna have hawkeye do the the face mask with the h or whatever but we know we're getting him in purple and that their larper friends are designing the costumes because they're just so geek to be part of this experience Hello, Subaru product placement. Don't, don't get a whole lot of Subaru pro- product placements. So, you know, somehow we got eight minutes of a Maya introduction, and then we got about seven or eight minutes of them riding the ponies and confronting the jumpsuit gang with Maya and then the escape. And now we've gotten what feels like 15 minutes of arrow action. You have no idea what you're saying on my mark. Right now she's shooting righty and he's lefty. Oh, uh, there's the Pim arrow. You got to see uh, Pym written on the arrow that it's going to be an Ant-Man thing. And it's great because you're like, why is she shooting up? And it's because he needs it to explode. It, yeah, he needs to have it come down as the giant Ant-Man arrow. Boom. Great. The fact that she sort of instinctively knows where to shoot up and down to just shows the... Um, they're on the same brain length. And this is why it starts as annoying and almost a little creepy, her obsession with him early on. But the reason he starts opening up to her is not just her persistence. And it's not just because she keeps trying to help him. And it's not even because, you know, he needs someone to unload to. That's all true. But they are really on the same brain wavelength. And, you know, and start working so great together as friends it bounces off his suit that's a great little trick speaking russian oh this okay this was actually them jumping off the bridge and they did this in a single take and is this and here is the repeat of the, the hawkeye trick arrow from uh with the with the grappling hook swinging to save himself and not die in avengers 2012 that she saw that locked in her hero worship so again we're only 23 minutes in you know and have had so much happen already is this the episode where he unloads to her already? In this, you know, this is totally, totally harkening back to a number of Defenders uh, scenes, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. But especially after such an epic, bloody, violent, high-budget, high-stakes Defenders eight episodes, they need to get to uh, Midtown Manhattan for, like, the final big battle deep in the ground, fighting the hand, trying not to release the dragon... <laughs> when electric going crazy and the whole thing and they have no way after they escape the police station with their costumes to get there and so they're just they have to take the subway uptown to midtown uh <laughs> and jessica jones sees a, a homeless guy with a, a cheap six-pack and he's passed out and she just takes one of his beers and chugs it and they're just looking at jessica jones as they wait on the subway and she's like hey it's been a long day One of many great Kristen Ritter, Jessica Jones moments. I can't wait. I'm sure she'll be coming back. She's so popular. You know, Daredevil, of course, all the fanboys, which is great. We love him. Um, But Ritter is, in fact, the superior actress, and Jessica Jones, uh, well you know, not always as fun, quote-unquote, because less fighting and costumes and so forth, and not as good villains after David Tennant, um, but Ritter is the best actress of all the Defenders and was extremely loved to the fact where even though season two and three were really, really drop-offs in quality of writing from the first one, got great reviews um, and was heavily watched, um, and she has a huge audience, um, uh, and everyone loves her. She says she's thrilled to come back. She'll play great off of... Um, Uh, Haley and Tatiana as She-Hulk and so forth. Uh, Okay. So this is it. This is it where she sees how much he loves the son. And so even when she hears, you know, that he killed a bunch of, okay. She she hears that from Yelena that he killed Natasha, which after their conversations, she won't believe for two seconds, uh, you know, he saw her battle New York as, uh, as, uh, a, a girl, someone who saved him and saw his heroics in Battle of New York. Um, and now look at her smile. She never smiles like this, even with her mom, not just because of Jack, but because there's still always tension with her mom. And we'll see why, because we find out that mom is in fact doing bad things, which Kate must know at some level in the back of her head. But seeing this great Renner performance here, even though he can't hear the son, but he loves him so much. And Kate's helping translate the thing. And just the love after having no emotion, all of this, look at Haley Steinfeld, just killing it as her heart is going out. And so when Yelena talks about, do you really know all the bad things that he did? And she defends him by saying, yeah, he might've made some bad choices, but he's a, he's a good man deep down. This is, this is what locks it in. Nathaniel hangs up. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And her love, again, another reason to kill her daddy early on in life is because she never is as close to her mom implied as she is to her dad, just like we saw in Edge of 17. Um, And so... In Renner as, you know, sort of the new father figure in her life. Although I love how you expect this whole thing to be a sort of replacement father figure, but it's really, as she says, partners slash best friends. You know, the progression of partners to partner slash friends to partner slash uh, best friends in her head is just so great. And this is why this series works, is we get the full-on manic hero worship during the battles. When they're captured together, she's giving him lectures about communication and generosity and sharing. And so forth, <laughs> because he has to listen to her while they're trapped together. And, but then, these scenes whether they're in the diner sharing stuff or whether they're here sharing uh, ex- experiences with him and his uh, uh, children, um, you know, she knows he's a good guy. He must be a good guy. It can't be an act you know it can be an act that you're an avenger and then you go bad but it can't be an act that he's still here trying to save people in addition to you know save his family and his you know his reputation for his family uh, and constantly saving her but with the family stuff you just can't in, in that this everything that he's doing here good bad and otherwise uh, barton is to get back to his family and to protect them uh, sh- you know she it just it, it just touches her in the heart to such a uh, Right, none of these idiots have learned ASL. Fine, let's talk. Here's where he tries to be her equal and calm her down. He, you know, he's starting to think this is a bad idea. And then he has a heart-to-heart with Barton coming up where Barton really says, "She's going to get herself killed. You you're all over uh, um uh you're all in over your heads." Um and you know, and Kazi realizes this is all a big uh, revenge thing that is not going to lead to anything but more hatred and destruction, and she won't be happy just by getting the revenge. This is where I really butt into Freyfe. You are, right. Remind me who's in charge. You are, right. And of course, she would be in charge in any potential relationship that's happening or would happen. He clearly cares about her, does not want her to die, knows that between Bishop Uh, and Barton. Okay. So we saw, um, these shots during the filming. Um, but more so we saw as they were sort of waiting between takes him and her petting the dog. They're both dog people in really life. We know, you know, uh, Haley has this little tiny, uh, you know, Pomeranian or something, uh, named Martini who she loves and poses with all the time. And they really bonded over this dog, uh, together among many other things. Um, Oh, right. They're trying to repair the, the ear stuff. Um, and uh, I remember, just like the him giving the arrow to her shot from the back that's coming up later. Oh, this is my favorite first scene with them. In the diner, trying to get to know each other. And This is where Pizza Dog gets named Pizza Dog. Right, now she's back to being anxious, manic, and overly talking. He still can't hear. Now she's put, he's putting it in. <coughs> Was that out the whole time? Ignoring. She's just breaking him down, breaking the barriers down. You know, the thing with Wanda is, you know, Wanda comes from a horrific background, which is sort of Tony Stark's fault. <laughs> it is Tony Stark's fault, um, in, uh, Sokovia, um, and, you know, he realizes the twins have been manipulated by Ultron, um, and, you know, has an instant connection fatherly, uh, to Wanda in Age of Ultron, which is maintained through all the Avengers movies and semi-Avengers movies like Civil War. Um, uh, but with Kate coming from a rich family and now he's hardened and further on his best friend's dead. He thought his family was dead. And now he's got the Ronin legacy to get rid of. Um, and, you know, she's so fawning over him. Um, and, uh, you know, Wanda at least has insane superpowers, uh, when she wants to use them. And of course, uh, he unleashes it from her in that famous scene where, where he says, you know, I got a bow and arrow in a flying city fighting an army of robots. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to go out there. And if you go out there and fight to kill you're an Avenger and she gets it together, opens the door in slow motion and just starts using her powers. It's amazing ways taking out robots. And from that moment on, the twins are completely on the good guy like side. I mean, they'd already joined the Avengers, but now they are Avengers, right? Here's the ridiculous old school Hawkeye costume, which you never wear. He said, my wife will divorce me, I think, if I ever wear something like that. What's on his head? It's your head. Wings like a hawk. <laughs> What's the H? This, that's... Hawkeye. <laughs> it's totally the Edge of Seventeen character, grown up, uh, become rich girl in the city wanting to become superhero. I love it. I love it. And I don't think that's because Haley only can play a few archetypal roles. Again, I think that the edge of 17, uh, You know, I think Bumblebee was the movie where we could see that she could be an action hero that's so multidimensional. But in terms of uh, comedy and drama performance and quirkiness and humanity and all those things, regular girl that girls can relate to and, you know, um, and so forth, I I would love to interview Feige about this one thing, whether it was at age 17 that persuaded that she could be a very human, very relatable, ground level hero like Kate Bishop. And as I said, not only did Feige say to himself, I want to, uh, um, I can make this Edge edge of Seventeen character into Kate Bishop. I want to make this Edge of Seventeen character into Kate Bishop. And, uh, I don't think you need to give Haley lots of notes. She sees the script, and her and Renner are clearly, there are parts where they're, uh, riffing with each other. Um, and as we'll see in episode five, the very long scene with her and Yelena that's tense but hilarious in Kate's apartment, where they're, you know, quote-unquote, getting to know each other, um, Man, 32 minutes in, it feels like twice that in terms of the content craziness. You know, he's trying to convince her not to try and be a superhero. She has, will have nothing of it. You know, she says we get cool costumes and so forth. That's just an excuse. Not to mention my mom might be marrying a murderer. Um, by the way, um, as we will learn in in episode five, uh, Jack is being used, you know, oh, I I don't know if I finished this thought earlier that I I suspected that Jack was not going to be a bad guy, or at least he'd only be involved accidentally because it was just too obvious of a misdirect. I had not fully suspected that Vera Farmiga would be an out and out, a bad guy by choice, seemingly. Oh, there's pizza dog, little Caesar. Um, Whoops. I, uh. Alright, let's see if I can realign this. I got it. Um. Tracks guys. Uh. Right. Now they're doing a walk and talk and, and logistical, you know, planning stuff. So she's still right up in this grill. But look at him smiling a little bit. He needs somebody, and what's great is that he establishes the friendship with the African American LARPer guy, um, who you know is huge and being a friend and taking care of him, someone outside this mess. But he needs someone inside the mess. They just refer to it as a mess, uh, and it's of course going to be Kate Bishop. Um, but anyways, I don't think they had to give Haley Steinfeld notes to be like, could you act a little bit more Edge of Seventeen here? Could you act a little bit more like Charlie Bumblebee here? Could you act a little bit more like Emily in Pitch Perfect here? It's, she's just so good and can play so many of the characters. But this, the, the, uh, the quirky, sometimes manic, sometimes confused, um, sometimes immature, sometimes overly mature. Um you know, she's obsessed with the butterscotch. No, exactly a crime. Exactly. Yep, (laughs) trying to stab his fiance in the face. Um, But anyways, apparently in the comics, Jack is a character, and because Hawkeye is going to into retirement um, and so forth, um, that Jack actually becomes in some portrayals a uh, the um, sort of next trainer. or at least sort of, uh, superhero fatherly figure, um, or I should say fatherly figure to the, you know, now orphaned in a way, uh, future ongoing superhero, um, development of Kate Bishop, and they do have such great rapport, and it, with the new revelations that he's not the bad guy, and the mom truly is, if you go back and watch, you can see that his affection for her, now that we know it's not fake and manipulative, is actually quite real, and he really likes her, um, and... And it's the things that Mom does have where they share personalities that he loves about Mom, um, but she has it in spades, and it's not a lie or an act. And so, hopefully, what's going to happen is, is 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 Vera Farmiga goes to jail, he gets released, and with the sword fighting in particular, um, and maybe just sort of you know learning about the world a bit more and so forth, that Jack becomes. Um, oh, this is great! This is great. They end it here, and the the the, the best um, uh, opening scene, and possibly the best scene in the series. Um, th- up to this point, is the opening that leads from this, uh, the opening of next episode, episode four, where these two are on the couch at on one side, and Jack and Mom are on the other, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and Haley's talking a million miles an hour, and, you know, she keeps saying, like, we're partners, and, and Clint's like, we're not partners, and it's, so, okay, partners slash friends, and Renner's, so is like, I wouldn't quite describe ourselves as friends, but usually in these scenes, uh, the veteran acting men are cracking up the young women, like, uh, or, or at least, um, like, for example, Chris Pratt is constantly cracking up Zoe Saldana in Guardians of the Galaxy. You can see it. Not only Portman and Scarlett Johansson at times will get cracked up by, you know, their uh, male co-stars. But in this, as you'll see, there's parts where Renner is really trying not to laugh at how hilarious uh, Kate Bishop is trying to be. Here comes Jack with the sword. By the way, the line coming up next scene where Jack smiles and looks at Renner and with total, uh, um, honesty, and, uh, here we go, with total honesty, nice episode, I can't believe that's only 37 minutes, God, they got in so man, just a sweet gingerbread man, and with total honesty, he's like, thanks for saving the world, by the way, with this big smile, and Renner's just like, don't mention it, is, 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 we started to see it um, in, in this episode with the ponies and then in the diner and then the scene with the son, their rapport that's both starting to bond, but also their comedic uh, uh, back and forth and chemistry. Um, uh, uh, that's the first scene where we get the full on Haley just being hilarious. And you can see Renner, at least in the screenshots, trying not to laugh at her, which is great because he's been at this, you know, since before she was born basically and can be very funny himself. Like an Ultron, uh, but he knows the comedic genius that's her. You know, he's been raving about her from the beginning. This happened so quickly, um, again, after the long per- pursuit of um, Haley uh, by uh, Kevin Feige for this role, and then they do the shoot so quickly. She liked him from the beginning. He really liked her. Not in a creepy way, but he's just so veteran and-, and just is great with these young women and his daughter and Elizabeth Olsen and blah, blah, blah. He could just see that they were meant for each other in terms. Of uh, on screen, she had no time to process it because she immediately went back to filming Dickinson and Arcane and other things. But then the press tour, where they just really started having affection for one each for each other, and now it's a love fest on Instagram, where it's not just him liking stuff by her, but them reposting one another's uh, stuff um, over and over again uh, and so forth. It's beautiful to see. I always knew would happen if they could get her, and it's just beautiful to see. So, oh man. Okay, guys. Well, I'm gonna take a quick break and, uh, go right into, um, episode, uh, four. Partners, am I right? (laughs) I wouldn't describe ourselves as partners. I wouldn't describe ourselves as friends. Okay. Friends slash uh, partners slash best friends. Um, and, uh, things start going sideways as they say, uh, by the end of four, even though it's also the bonding moment where he reveals about Natasha and that he's the Ronin and she's not judging him and so forth. Thank you for joining me so much. We're halfway through. Um, again, as of this recording, December 18th, we have five of the six episodes out. We've got the reveal of Wilson Fisk, Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio's back, um, and uh, with also the, the introduction and a lot of screen time of Maya, Future, Echo, um, as part of Defenders 2.0, Charlie Cox, and Spider-Man. By the way, I just want to mention, I'm not a big Spider-Man fan. I do love how many cool characters they brought back, past, present, and future uh, in the Spider-Man man, I'll probably see it at some point, um, uh, especially because of the Doctor Strange connection and the multiverse and so forth, um, uh, uh but it's not a coincidence that the week that we get the Wilson Fisk reveal that he's back in the MCU as Kingpin is the same week where we got the confirmation that Matt Murdock is back uh, and probably Daredevil in the not-too-far future. And again, with the slight retconning of uh, Wilson Fisk um, seeing him sort of at the beginning of Daredevil season one um, version and getting a slight retelling, we can now do a slight retelling of uh, Daredevil getting to meet him uh, and, and face off against him for the first time. But now we've got Echo and Kate and all these great characters. I'm so thrilled with how this is going. It's a few days away from episode six, and so I'm going to try and get uh, four um, and five done and in the next day or two, get that out to you. Thank you so much for joining me. I love these shows. I love these characters. WandaVision is absolutely brilliant and genius, and her and Bettany and everyone involved in that, Catherine Hahn obviously, all deserve the nominations and hopefully awards that they'll be getting at the Globes, the Critics' Choice, and uh, hopefully Emmys Well, at least, as well, at least for Han and or Uh, uh, Lizzie Olsen, Um, but this, of course, is the series I've been waiting for because I love the ground stuff. I love that they're coming back to NYC. I love that the Defenders are coming back, and I love that it's these two that are doing it. I knew they have great chemistry, and I love bows and arrows, you know, even though I make fun of and can't stand the CW for the most part. I got through five seasons of Arrow because I just, I love the bow and arrow in the modern context when you can take it seriously. Okay, shut up, Bizzle, with the outro. Um, Join me uh, for season one, episode four, Partners Am I Right, coming up next. You guys have been great. I've been the Bizzle. Um, For now, uh, may the force be with you and we are out.